0: Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of Happiness in Humans. My name is Matt Phelan. I am your host and a co-founder of the Happiness Index, which is an employee engagement and happiness platform. I am here with the amazing Melissa. Melissa, would you uh, like to introduce yourself please?
1: Hi everyone, I'm Melissa Thorpe. I am the head of Spaceport Cornwall. I'm coming live from beautiful, sunny Cornwall in the UK.
0: Some people think that I've got a cool job title, but is that do your kids think that your job title is cool or the kids still not think job titles are cool even when you've got a cool one uh
1: no i think they do think it's cool i don't know sometimes i think the novelty is worn off because they see <laughs> the day-to-day of what i do do but um no, yeah, i i have heard them tell their friends so that must mean it is cool
0: <laughs> that is cool my son asked me if i could get a proper job the other day <laughs> Yeah. I was like, "What? What's the proper job?" He said, "Like a
1: fireman, <laughs>
0: or a police, or a police officer." Is what he said. That's what he yeah. wants to
1: be.
0: <laughs> okay, Melissa. This is our first question. Is our most important question, but we would love to know uh, what makes you happy.
1: Oh, I'm I'm into very the simple pleasures of life, definitely. Um, so I grew up in a very rural part of Canada, and you know, it it, it was simple things that made us happy. Um, and that continues to this day, and it's the day-to-day um, moments, the everyday moments, the, the the coffee in the morning that's from the same cup, um, the, you know, impromptu maybe walk that you take with the dog and you see something special on, or, yeah, yeah, it's, it honestly is, for me, just really simple. It's nothing big or grandiose at all. I, I, love, I love just the simple everyday moments, really.
0: So did you, you know how you said, like, you grew up in, like, rural Canada and so on did like because it takes people a whole lifetime to learn what you've just said sometimes um have you always thought like that or is it as you've as you've moved away you've you've sort of understood what makes you happy or have you always understood it's the little things to you
1: um I guess I always have I, I don't think I knew that's what I knew if that makes sense like I remember being in Las Vegas once when I was in my twenties with all my friends and we we're all dolled up and we we're out and about and, you know, there's high rollers and all that kind of lifestyle stuff that people aspire to. And I just remember just being absolutely like I have, this is not <laughs> what I aspire to whatsoever. Yeah. And it, it it made me feel really different than everybody around me. Um, and I'd always been like that as a kid. I think I, yeah i don't know my my parents definitely are quite um grounded people very special p- humans but they're very grounded um and and yeah i guess it, it was always fundamentally there in me um yeah. yeah so i think i didn't realize that that's what it was until more recently in life i would say
0: that's really cool and so obviously you're in a like a situation where you look at this and that's not what you want did um were your were any of your friends like that? As in, like, were the other friends that you could like relate to, or did you have to meet people in later in life that that more relatable? Or were your other friends all down that right? Let's let's take the high roller stakes way.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think coming from a small town, a lot of the kids, you know, want to get out and um, go and and make money, or you know, live in the city or whatever that might be. Um, so most of my, fr- you know, a lot of my friends, that's what they wanted. But I do have a core group of friends that I've known since I was six and um and they're all quite like that they you know it's it's lovely to go and check in with them we used to get together every year still um and they are I and I guess it is maybe that kind of that somewhat humble upbringing that we had that was based totally around nature uh yeah. and that puts you in your place really early on as a kid when you grow up on that kind of wilderness yeah. um and so yeah I think I had that definitely and then maybe not so much in my 20s and 30s and then you know, meeting my partner um, a few years ago, it was definitely this moment where we're both like, "Oh, I love that too. That's what makes me happy," and him saying the same. And and you know, that's that's what we've built a life on now.
0: I love that. Absolutely love that. And what was it? What was your first job, Melissa? I
1: was going to kind of maybe go against what I've just said. It, it was actually working at a lingerie store. I was fifteen. I needed a mall job, Um, and um yeah there was a lovely little boutique it sounds so weird um and I, I got a job being a bra fitting yeah. <laughs> and uh one of my first people I got to um fit was Pamela Anderson because she was born in the small town I was from and she was home right. and she came on in so there's my kind of random weird um fun fact but um, wow.
0: I mean yeah. there's so many follow-up questions that we could do an episode, <laughs> episode on, which we're not going to do today but What I mean, what a story. Um, Okay, so that's very different to what you do now. I want to get to what you do now. So, Melissa, um, before we get to spaceport and the the cool stuff you do now, when you reflect back on your career, what what do you think are the significant sort of steps or moments that that took you to where you are now?
1: Um, Yeah, so I think the fundamental moment was before my career started, which was, you know, watching my dad... Um, who fought forest fires using airplanes um, basically go to go into these smoke jumping bases all around the province meeting the pilots seeing what they do I just thought it was so cool um, yeah. and I absolutely loved how they were basically saving my other passion which was wildlife and my mom was a park ranger and she rehabilitated mm-hmm. wildlife so for me seeing that connection of using technology and airplanes to help um, the wild um, was was definitely fundamental in in where I am today um, and getting into aviation and aerospace. My career started off slightly different um, and I I was looking I'm an economist so I studied economics um, and my first job was actually for the local government provincial government in British Columbia looking at how crown land, so the, the land that the queen owns still um, how that was being used for new big commercial projects um, and how that we could develop that for rural economy so that was my first role but then I actually went back um, to university to do my master's here over, over here in London um, and I focused really on that bringing those two worlds together so economic development but with aerospace clusters and how things like Boeing in Seattle and Airbus in Toulouse, what policies they had that could really drive growth um, and what worked and what didn't work. So I guess for me, it's, it, it's all led to this now, but I would have never imagined that I'd be in the space industry because I, I was never a space geek. Um, I loved the stars and Northern Lights and looking up and yeah. wondering as most people I think do, but I, it was not like I was from day one into space
0: what what i find interesting about the original like the origins of that melissa is that your parents were sort of educating you by showing in a way as in you were just seeing these things go on and you thought certain things were interesting rather yeah. than learning it through books and stuff is there is there anything that we can take from that story in the way that we in the way that we educate our children educate our teams at work do you think
1: absolutely and i think um you know, going back about what makes you happy, I think it's a simple, it's, 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 I feel sometimes we overcomplicate things, especially with children. Mm. Um, and really, at the end of the day, it's time and an experience is, is what they absolutely love. And my parents gave me that. Um, you know, they took me to work with them all the time. Um, yeah. But, you know, doing that showing me what they were up to, meaning they're there's colleagues, um, kids were around all the time, um, and we actually use that ethos in in my team now at Spaceport. Like my girls come, come along, the family come along, and it's it has it's a family friendly working environment because not only does it help sh- you know our family see what we're doing, um, and they are inspired by it, but it also helps the kind of mood at work as well. Um, so it's nothing complicated. I don't think. I think for for us, it's just. Um, Getting out, seeing what we're doing, and for me, it's always back to nature and getting kids um, out into nature as, as most we can, as best we can.
0: No, a big fan of that. I mean, I, I grew up on a farm myself, so I, everything you're saying really appeals to me. And I, obviously, I didn't message you before, but the reason I took my children out of school was to meet to to listen to your TED talk um, and also Bianca, because I felt like to see two inspirational in the people in the space industry in one day was an opportunity we couldn't miss and in terms of um your team now melissa um if 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 i was interviewing them now and i said how would you describe melissa as a leader how do you think they would describe you
1: um it's interesting you ask that because yesterday we actually I, i hate these kind of things but we did like a performance review which we have to kind of do every now and then and because of the pandemic, yeah. we just haven't had to do one, and I I hate the formality of it. So I rather than that, mm. I took each member of my team um, out for a half hour. Some of us went for a walk, some of us grabbed a coffee, and I asked that question. You know, like what you know what's what's working with me as a as a leader, and it, it's a weird thing to ask people and then to listen to, I guess. But yeah. um, you know, they all it kind of got quite emotional. Um, I don't like to hear good things about myself all the time. It's a weird. It's a weird thing. Uh, it gets me a bit feeling a bit awkward. But you know, one of my team said, "Oh, you know, Mel, if it wasn't for you, this project wouldn't be the way it is, and I wouldn't want to be working on it." Um, yeah. And it's down to you know how you you lead in, with, with kindness. Um, and in the obviously topic of my TED talk was was kindness. And I get to know my team. I get to know their families and they are the priority you know they have to be their happiness has to be the priority we're doing something that's never been done before it takes a lot from us so checking in and making sure that they're they're happy is the number one thing of you know sign of success for me
0: i love that and just a question on that because if we just look at some of the data and research the impact on performance um of happy employees is the same in every industry so some people think it's obvious if you're working in retail and you were a frontline staff that being happy is good because that translates through to the customers. But it actually the flow through of the data flows through in every industry, whether you're working in he- a heavy like steel industry or whether you're working in space or whatever. But, Misa, can you talk us through how you get that balance right? Because I imagine you've got some quite serious metrics in your business like safety I'm just imagining safety is probably a really important one you've probably got like tight deadlines where people want certain things launched these things to do like that and your team's well-being and happiness like how are you managing to like keep all those things in balance Melissa
1: it's so tricky um because actually the way that a lot of corporates but space industries, set up um where it comes from that very analytical big money government um you know it's it's huge this industry and the expectations that it brings um can be debilitating really to be honest and you know i can wake up in the middle of the night with this huge feeling of pressure um you know my stakeholders are one of the biggest brands in the world heads of state top military officials um space that that's who i who's on my whatsapp groups like this is yeah. this is a level that i'm at and um for me you know probably about a year ago coming to this moment of like how do i manage that pressure um myself personally but also for my team and it's really just bringing it down to the individual humans that i'm working with and building up a relationship with them there's a lot of ego and um it's massively male dominated and that comes with when a young female comes into that world, it, it's, it's, it can be quite a scary place. Um, so for me, it's been really interesting to show a bit of vulnerability, but at the same time, be open for them to show vulnerability too, so that you build up a bit of a relationship um, with, with all your stakeholders, no matter what they are, who they are, where they're from, what their job title is. I yeah. treat everybody the same and they know that and that's the service that they get from from me but also very much with boundaries and you know th- there's an expectation when you c- come to spaceport Cornwall and when you speak to my team or myself that you you there's a certain level of treatment there and if you go outside of that then you know I'm, I'm, I'm happy to stand up and for for the team so it's it's it, it is tricky but now we've built up quite a a good reputation um and we have this amazing rapport now with with all those stakeholders that i think would be intimidating to a lot of people we've we've, we're at a point now where we all have to work together anyways um but it's still tricky definitely
0: and have you got any i i really like what you said there about like sort of creating those boundaries but also being open like have you got any advice on how you sort of sort of achieve that
1: Um, So we did it through our purpose. Um, Our purpose is good space um, and that's our filtration system. So if we're ever like, (laughs) yeah, um, if if from anything, you know, the satellites that we're launching, is that doing something good um, to the, the type of food we're bringing into our meetings, (laughs) you know, is it, do we, is that good? Um, So everything around us is that good space, whether that's who we're working with, how we're recruiting, um, you know, of course, you come across people that you would have no choice and you have to work with them. Um, but if they start to speak outside of good space, um, you know, we fundamentally we we have the opportunity down here in Cornwall in the UK to turn away people that we don't believe in or countries or technologies that we don't see fit. So we we've done it through our filtration system of good space, and the team know what that stands for and when to raise Love if that. it's not good space.
0: Yeah, and you know, you mentioned it's a very male dominated industry and um, obviously i was reading up and reading on some articles it, it obviously features and mentions that like when articles are written about you so it's like here's one here space Port Cornwall is was one of the first in the world to appoint a woman in to the top job melissa Fort. how do you like when you read a t- uh, a news article and it refers to gender do you see that as like a good thing that you're setting an example do you think or do you think like why does it have to mention that like it, w- where do you sit on that
1: um, I'm totally split on this because I think, unfortunately, it still has a, a power to it, as much as I wish it didn't. Um, the fact that I think, you know, I am the first female head of a spaceport at the moment—that's um, that's a sad fact. <laughs> in my so, for me to point that out as a sad fact, I did a award ceremony for local schools um, last week, and I said that you know I want more of you girls to be doing this, um, yeah. but. You know, and originally I was a tick box, you know, on a panel session, I'd be the tick box of make sure we get a female up there. Um, and it, what it did, I, I remember thinking, oh, is this really what I want to do? It's just be that. But actually the first few times I just used it to raise it. So yeah. be, being on that platform, that that getting that profile, I would just say, isn't it weird that we that I'm here because of that? And one story I have was I was flowing out to be on board, uh, uh HMS Queen Elizabeth the aircraft carrier off the coast of Annapolis in 2019 and I was moderating a panel called the future of space and the whole panel I think was six men and I'm talking high-ranking you know heads of the military and the first thing I said is this is not the future of space because it's all men (laughs) (laughs) um and and the crowd was like yeah so I I try and use it to to raise it but yeah I I I hope that that soon goes away but it is still male-dominated and we still need to, to work a lot harder on that so until we get there I kind of think we still need to highlight the fact that it is
0: we need a little counter don't we I, I did a little I didn't know how many spaceports there were so I did a little google and apparently there's 35 so what like one in 35 is is not good enough is it so it's like no we and I think tracker. there's
1: We have a we have I'm part of the Global Spaceport Alliance and we meet every year and there's 70 something new ones planned as well. And I tend to be there's usually a handful of women on that call. So yeah. yeah.
0: And Cornwall, obviously known for its beaches and, and lovely places and so on. For those like me, we've not we just hear the name Spaceport Cornwall. We can't I can't even imagine in my head um what spaceport cornwall looks like like how does that how does that work in cornwall how does it balance the the local the local area with with what you're trying to do and and stuff like that that is obviously your two loves all in one place but again i imagine there must be some kind of conflict there between cornwall as in what it's known for and something which is incredibly new and exciting how does that all work melissa
1: um yeah it's my favorite part of my job is this dynamic um so eight years ago when this project started people laughed at there was like pasty in space you know headlines and and cream teas in space and i should and... <laughs> vision of
0: pasty in space
1: <laughs> yeah so there was a lot of that um i think what people don't probably realize is for for cornwall this is just the next chapter in what is a long history of being the first to do things Um, From the Industrial Revolution, the steam engine. Um, You know, we've got this insane pioneering history down here. And this culture that is based on it. And, you know, generations of people that were engineers of their time. And so for me, it's just wakening that up again um, to say this is not new, really. This new forefront of technology for Cornwall. It seems sometimes like it's, you know, behind other places, but it really isn't. And if you know anything about Cornwall, you know what the people are like here. It's so different. Um that yeah, it's for me, it's just the next chapter. And it's making sure that we are this is Cornwall Spaceport. Um, this is for Cornwall first. Um, you know it's a UK launch site I get that but for us this has to be beneficial to Cornwall so making sure that Cornwall's there with with us on that journey and that when we launch in a few months that we are proud of how Cornwall's going into space um so that cultural kind of um program and engagement and outreach for the for the project is 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 number one for us
0: I love that and in terms of, if someone's listening, right, and they're, they're in their career, different stages, and they're like, oh, I want to work in the space industry. <laughs> like, where do, you, where do you start, Melissa? Do you need to do some entry roles, or you could, can you cross-transfer skills in from other industries? Like, what's, um, what's the route into the space industry?
1: Um, yeah, you can anything, <laughs> pretty much. I think, actually, the, the thing to think about is, don't think of it as a space industry anymore. It's actually using space to across all industries, so there's space applications for agriculture for finance for healthcare. um there's art um, in space now you know it's everything renewable sustainability anything that you have a passion has an mm-hmm. application in space so it's you know my main message when I'm going to schools or talking to businesses is you do not have to have a space background you also do not have to think you have to be an astronaut or an astrophysicist anymore it's You know, you can think about doing advertising in space in the future, or if you're into the military side of things, there's a whole defense industry now booming in in space. Um, And for local businesses down here, so um, marine businesses that make, you know, filtration systems for these extreme environments, marine environments, they're now doing it for the space industry. Yeah. So they thought before, oh, well, we're not a space business. I'm like, well, actually, you have a a um, you know a widget that can be used for space, and you wow. are. <laughs> so it's making yeah. it's kind of ta- changing our mentality on the last 50 years of the space industry is now it, it crosses everything.
0: Yeah, uh, this is a question I ask a lot of people, but bit, I'm even more interested in your answer. Like, what what percentage of your job scares you? Like. How often do you think this is really scary, this, this thing that we're doing? Because it's so new and so big. Or do, are you just like so into it? You don't think about the scale of what you guys are doing. Is it is it is it something that scares you or is it just, just day-to-day job for you?
1: Um, I think mostly we're so into it. I've been doing it for eight years. It's day-to-day. But there are more and more moments where I'll literally just be sitting out at night and I'll look up and I'll see a satellite go over and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to So I'm going to put something up there Um, and it suddenly hits you and the vastness of space and what is out there, all those questions I'm now suddenly, you know, in direct contact with, that feels really big. I wouldn't say it's scary. I think it's big. Scary to me, I don't feel scared. I feel daunted. I feel um, probably the thing that scares me the most is what I'm achieving, um Because I never imagined I could do what I'm doing, and so it's this kind of like, is is this real? Am I actually doing this? Is that is this going in a way that I really want it to? And, and almost believing in myself, and that sounds really cheesy, but um, yeah, I think that's probably the thing that scares me the most is actually, holy shit, look like, at what I'm achieving. <laughs> like, yeah. that's it's pretty amazing, but it does kind of terrify me somewhat.
0: Yeah. Which I think is completely normal for all of us. I am just always, always interested in, in normalising that conversation. But in terms of you talk about like achievements and aims, like what what is what is the space? You talked about a bit about the values and the filtration system and 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 how you you look after the culture there. Like if we go fast fast forward five years, what what do you want to achieve as an organisation?
1: Um. We want to be the global center of responsible launch. So we want to be the first place anywhere in the whole world that's actually even considering how we're getting all this amazing technology into space in the first place. Um, Because there's a fundamental issue in the industry where, yes, space is amazing and it's benefiting us all, but how that's getting to space is still impactful and it's often really secretive. We want to change that we want to be you know the world's first net zero space war the most transparent spaceport we want to democratize space basically yeah. um and you and and bring local communities along for it um so for me in five years time will be like a hub of activity but again filtered through good space and and i want to be the world's most sustainable spaceport um, that has all these wicked little projects going on with yeah. local community organizations um, and have school kids up there and have, you know, artists up on site and to, you know, have schools and local businesses and local theater groups. Like I want yeah. it to be a community spaceport. That's what I want in five years time. I
0: love it. I love it. It's, it's amazing because when you, like when you first see what you do, you think about space and you almost think of it as a disconnected place. But everything you've talked about is connecting it, um, whether that be before you start as a team and when you want to achieve it. Is is connect- is connect connectivity something you think about in terms of people and community?
1: Yeah, we have to in Cornwall because I drop my girls off at school or walk the dog on the beach and it's a small place. Everybody knows what I'm doing. And <laughs> so they ask me, you know, challenging questions all the time and i have to be you know i have the responsibility of 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 taking cornwall to space and i can't probably do that unless i can really stand up for what we're doing so it's it's it is key for us to to take to do this it's also different because it's not like that's the only thing we're doing up at the spaceport it's an airport as well so there's lots of other stuff happening so we have a, a kind of i guess a lot less pressure than these kind of specific spaceport sites that are only launching to space so for us we almost get to cherry pick the good um uh kind of beneficial launches we're not doing you know huge amounts a year so when we do it'll be really special and exciting and for me it's about attracting all this other um opportunity alongside that who want to be involved in it so you know it's 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 crucial to us to bring the community into that
0: how, how big is the core the core team then Melissa within within the spaceport
1: we're tiny um yeah. six of us yeah. doing it um yeah it's been six of us for quite a while and then I'd say in the last kind of six months maybe we've started to people went oh okay, it's happening now we should probably help them because yeah. <laughs> um, it's got' it's become very big all of a sudden so the team's gonna grow um yeah. And just this week, we had, you know, our, our friends from Virgin Orbit um, come over and start to set up here. So we'll have, you know, fifty of Californians here <laughs> this summer as wow. well. Um, and that's great because they've been out, you know, at the local pubs and down, you know, doing surf lessons. And yeah. it's, it's been it's been great to show them Cornwall.
0: Yeah, I love it. And before we before we sort of go into wrap up. In terms of your own career, Melissa, I would love to talk to people about their own career development. Is there anything you're thinking about in, in, in your own career that you're looking to develop within the role or anything that you're, you're looking at and focusing on yourself?
1: Yeah, I think it, it's... It, I've really changed in the last couple of years. I came into this head role uh, 18 months ago um, and I've really made it my own and I'm really proud of doing it the way that I have done. Um, so I guess building that confidence in the role, getting those launched those first few launches done um, yeah. in the way that we want is is huge ambition. And then looking beyond that, you know really supporting some of the other spaceports that are coming up around the world in doing it with a similar ethos. Um, so we're not continuing to add to the problem. Um, so for me it, it's it's that
0: are there, are there many? If you had to set put a percentage of, of new spaceports, how many are interested in doing it in the sort of like good space way versus how many just are all focused on the goal of getting stuff up. It's getting stuff up in space.
1: Um, I'd say maybe a quarter at the minute yeah. are kind of approaching me and asking me about, you know, social sustainability and ethical yeah. launch and things like that. But I'd say the majority are still just interested in how they make revenue and, you know, basically add, get added to that exclusive launch club. Um, but I think because of the way the world's shifting and priorities are shifting, that's, that's changing. And I think more and more so as space becomes more regulated as well, things are going to have to change. Um, and the public's perception as well is, is impacting it. Um, so I think things are waking up, um, so I, I guess I'm optimistic in hoping that that figure starts to to change in the opposite direction a little bit.
0: Well, I love the fact that you're thinking about it and that you're trying to influence it because that's for everyone who's listening who loves space and the planet. That's great to hear, Melissa. And my favorite, um, my other favourite question that I love asking people, which is my last question, um, which is if you could go back, if you go back to the, the Melissa starting out her career, what one bit of advice would you give her?
1: uh what would i give you know i i'm i'm i don't think i'd really change anything to be honest i guess advice wise though i would just it's it's going back to like yeah you can you can do this you really can um and it's that cheesy belief belief in yourself and you can you can do it with kindness you do not have to go down the well trodden path this, um you know Whatever, whatever some of the corporate world is, but I guess I I think I used to believe that I couldn't be myself and be kind to people all the time, and 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 yeah, I think I'd tell myself that probably is it's okay, you can be kind and you will, you can do it that way.
0: I love that, and and Melissa, for me, that's the that that brings us in a full perfect circle because the reason I wanted to invite you on is for our listeners to hear you can be kind and be incredibly successful in your career. So, Melissa, that's why I invited you on. I really wanted to to share your story, and it's incredibly inspirational. And the whole piece at the end about doing it in the right way, in a sustainable way, is incredibly positive for us to hear. And, uh, yeah, go Team Cornwall as well. It's great to see how (laughs) you get part of that community down there. But, Melissa, it's been absolutely brilliant. On behalf of our listeners, thank you very much.
1: Oh, thank you, guys. And, And, yeah, obviously, look out for the launch in September um, get in touch. Follow us along. It's it's quite a, a, a fun roller coaster of a ride. So follow us. Come along. No, we you
0: all, <laughs> you will follow and be wishing you all the best of luck.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Matt.